At the Rabbit Room, we're always saying that art nourishes community and community nourishes art. Here's another way to say the same thing. We can all be allies in bringing good, beautiful, true things into the world. One way you can be an ally with the musicians and writers and artists whose work you care about is to leave a review. It helps other people find and benefit from the work that has meant something to you. And if you want to leave a review for this podcast, well, that'll be okay too. Welcome to the Habit Podcast, conversations with writers about writing. I'm Jonathan Rogers, your host. Sam Smith, or S.D. Smith, is the author of the Green Ember series. Families are eagerly awaiting the release of Ember's End, the last book in that series. There's a lot to love about Sam Smith. He's wise, and he's just a lot of fun to be around. One of the things I appreciate about Sam is his workmanlike approach to writing. Writing, he says, is an ordinary calling, rooted in love and service. Yes and amen. Harvard Business School, can I help you? Yes, I made a huge donation last year, and I would like mm. uh, to know where that, uh, where, which building it is that, that got you put my name on. We put your name uh, under all the buildings. Um, Excellent. And your and your children uh, free tuition. Great. I'm glad we had this little talk. Do I sound okay? Is this all right? okay? Yeah, you, clear. You sound, yes, you sound really smart. Uh, Sam Smith, I'm so glad that you are on the Habit Podcast today. Thank you. Uh, it's the first time someone's been happy about me being on the Habit before. Yeah. It sounds very nefarious, but uh, yeah, I'm, right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? The Habit. Don't tell my grandma that I'm on the Habit, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you're glad. <laughs> what kind of uh, yeah? What kind of euphemism is that? <laughs> Remember old Sam? He was doing pretty good. Then he got on the habit. Anyway, you. I've I've heard you say before. Writing is a is an ordinary calling rooted in love and service. I'm going to talk about that because I think that's a such a great uh, great way to put it. Well, good. I can't wait to hear you talk about it. it sounds uh, I'm excited to hear your insights. Yeah. No, I. You know what? I. I. Uh, I had you on this podcast for you to give the insights. I'm just. Uh, it's been a long day for oh. me. And I'm just going to listen. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought I had it totally backwards. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm dreadfully under, underprepared for the, for that for the habit that I'm on now. No, it, <laughs> they made it so sound so much more fun. Yeah, in, right. Uh, in high school. But, you know, <laughs> The peer pressure made it sound like it was going to be yeah, so right. much cooler than yeah, it actually right. is. Everybody's doing it. Um, <laughs> an ordinary calling. Storytelling is an ordinary calling. Why do you say yeah. that? Well, so I think it's a little bit of um, correction. I hope it's not an overcorrection. Uh, but there, there's some nuance involved in sort of that, the conversation around it. But, but, but basically, I think uh, at least – my idea, maybe growing up about what artists were, or uh, writers, authors, movie people, directors, musicians, that kind of thing, was to sort of think about that as as kind of an, an elite uh, job. And if you were like really special, you could be in one of these elite celebrity jo- celebrity <laughs> jobs. 
And uh, I think that, you know, there's obviously some kind of truth to that, obviously. Uh, I'm not sure how helpful it is in, in a lot of ways. But fundamentally, for me as a Christian, uh, it that rubs against sort of, I think it rubs against like the doctrine of vocation in a, in a lot of ways. And in one way, it's it's kind of faithful, that sort of idea in, this, in the thinking that, that um, a calling can be special, that a calling can be u- unique and different than others. And that's like, yeah, of course, that, that, that jives with sort of, I think, uh, Paul's um, this description about what, what the, the body of Christ, family of believers is like. Um, but it doesn't jive on the side of like you know, this idea of sort of being an elite um, uh-huh. Person who who other people are supposed to sort of gather around and, and worship kind of thing. I think that, so. I think it, it 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 is both special and ordinary at the same time, and I think it's it's ordinary in that it is like all the other vocations that people are called to, and that mm-hmm. I think almost every kind of vocation for a Christian, anyway, I believe, is um, supposed to be rooted in love and service. It's not it's not about um, fame and self expression. I think fame can happen to whatever degree and talk about whether or not that would be very fulfilling uh, or not. But Mm -hmm. um, uh, self-expression, I think, is is not evil. Uh, I think we do it a lot. We do it in different ways. But I don't know. It's not super um, generous uh, of an activity, generally speaking, unless it's it's, it's helping us become sort of writing in a journal every day or writing Mm -hmm. a poem every day that that we're not sharing with anyone. That's fine, and it could be good for us and build us up to a way that we're stronger in order to help and serve others. But but particularly storytelling itself, I think, is such a... It is is just harmonizes so well with, with, I think, the the idea of Christian vocation because it involves two people. It's, It's like cooking for kids, in my opinion. That's how I think of my job is like I'm cooking for kids and I want to do a good job because it's not about just like um, me expressing myself in the kitchen that might happen but really the end result is them eating and I want to see those smiles so it's about love and service uh, more than it's about fame and self self expression doesn't really um, do it it doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't really do it for me and and uh, love and service feels uh, feels like a, like the home base yeah yeah um Ordinary, uh, yeah, I, I, you, you put that in terms of a corrective, and I think that's great. Um, you also are aware, because uh, I've heard you talk about it before, that um, uh, on the one hand, it's important to pay attention to the ordinariness of that of that calling, um, and yet there is something, it, it, it is a little bit like a magic trick, I think is the way mm. I've heard you put it before, that writing is a little bit like a magic trick. Yeah, it does feel like that too. So, that, so yeah, the get, getting the, the sort of fundamental um, ways of thinking about writing to me for if I'm communicating with like especially young writers, I'm trying to think of myself, I, I I feel like a lot of us get into writing because we are in touch with the with the magical side of it, this uh-huh. sort of the miraculous part of it, and I, I do think that upon further investigation, many vocations are rooted in what what would feel very magical if they weren't so um, seemingly ordinary. Yeah. You know, I kind of I believe sort of that, 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 you know, when Chesterton talks about the, the rivers and fairy tales run with wine so that we can remember in the real world they run with 
water and uh-huh. it's kind of just as miraculous but we sort of look at it a little bit of a different way and, and we, mm-hmm. we suddenly can actually see what's real so but but as far as storytelling yeah i mean it's it is absolutely amazing to me it blows my mind that that me little country boy from west virginia that i've written these stories that are uh, were intended for my kids and that they are literally on all of every continent on the earth being read uh, uh-huh. of, a, of a friend that, that Put them that sent them to a friend of hers at a research station in, in Antarctica, and they're in this library there. And I've heard from people in China and in Africa and South America, you know, all over the place. Uh-huh. And it's, so that is it blows my mind that there are people whose first language isn't English. Often, um, my books have not been translated uh, yet, but uh-huh. but uh, but you have you have people from all kinds of different cultures, people I'll never meet, all over the world. Uh, reading little symbols on a page and sort of seeing in their minds like something similar to yeah. an image that I that I that I've seen that yeah. I was that I shared with my kids first. That is that feels magical to me. And mm-hmm. there are people who've explained that better than, than, than me. But I think it is wonderful. And I, I think it, it, it also is since we're we're created beings, I feel like it's this act of sub creation that, that Tolkien talks about that, that that comes out of us in this really mysterious way. I don't know if you've had this experience, but I know you're a writer, writing teacher, but I think it's hard to sort of pin down why or when sort of the magic happens uh-huh. <laughs> in it, and there's a lot of things you can kind of control. But there's there's a mo- there are moments, there are, there are episodes, there are there are seasons that are just like, what? how did that happen? And, yeah, and that can happen in love between two people. That can happen in sports and a lot of different kind of dramatic things. <laughs> um, you know, where you're just like, holy cow, what what just happened there? Yeah. And it feels transporting or whatever. That has never happened in sports for me. <laughs> no, that's not true. One time I threw somebody out at home plate from right Ooh. field. Yeah. And, yeah. You know the feeling. Uh, and that felt like magic because I don't think I could ever do that again. I mean, that, the, the that's, person was that's really slow, I will say that, <laughs> and they should have never you know, gone past third. Uh, Nevertheless. I mean, that's already, that's already better than the charlatan's boy right there. <laughs> I mean, no, that's, no, it is. I mean, it's, there are moments. There, there, there are people watch sports, even just watching sports. There's some kind of, there's some glory associated with it in some ways. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to buy into the narrative, but there are really actual human beings. Sometimes they're like unpaid college kids doing yeah. things that are, that, that, that bring, literally millions of people like make them breathless and so yeah. there's kind of and there they do things athletes do things that are oh my goodness did you see this sort of like a little bit of glory and anyway i just <laughs> feel like that writing can be like that sometimes and and um so there's there's this alchemy involved with it that i think is is hard to just scientifically diagnose and it feels a little bit beyond our comprehension and, and i love that about it so holding yeah. on to that with one hand and saying yes it's magical it's incredible it's a miracle and, and i'm so glad to be a part of it and i feel like a wizard and it's you know you can i think all that is like good Good. That's just uh-huh. good. Hold on to that as long as you can. But at the same time, with the other hand, hold on to the fact that it's an ordinary vocation that's rooted in love and service, and it doesn't make you better than uh, the plumber, the pastor, the, the teacher, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make you more superior. And if you're looking to it to make to elevate you in that sense, to make you a celebrity, then I think not one. It's a terrible plan, and you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> it's probably not going to work. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not going to work. And then when it does work, you're, that's not. It's not going to satisfy. Yeah, because I think we're made to be, be in a community, not 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 of equals. I'm not a big fan of. I think equality is kind of boring in a sense. I think equality of like ju- you know, injustice and uh, before in the law and that kind of a thing is good, and, and there's a certain kind of equity that obviously we should embrace. But I think everyone being the same is is 
is dumb and boring, particularly for storytellers. And so I don't want to be all the same. I don't want to be um, as grand as a king. You know, I don't want to be. I'm not that. That's not. Um, we're not all made for the same kind of vocations, whatever. My, my, oh. my one of my one of my best friends here is a stump grinder. Like that's his job. He's a his business is called Stump King, and he's like he's like the greatest guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he just dropped off a bunch of wood at my house. He's not. He doesn't read books all the time. He's not. But he's the most generous, beautiful man. I want to be. I want to be like him. And I learned so much from him. I love. I love being with him. I don't feel superior to him at all. Actually, I feel inferior to him when I'm like holding the flashlight while he's doing some kind of complicated thing to fix my water line. Yeah. And uh, we're both in the mud together. You know. I just. I just feel like if if you're looking, if we're if we're if uh, people are aspiring writers or. or um, writers of any kind are looking for that to be like an, a, a way of becoming a lord over your fellow man like i just don't i don't i think that's the, not the ticket so i think holding those things in in some kind of um nuance maybe not balance always but just just holding them both together at the same time w- will save us a lot of um a lot of trouble and actually if it if that bre- if that bums you out um, is that you know what I mean? If yeah. hearing that sort of second part bums you out, then what what are you doing it for? Yeah, like uh, the, and, and you're you're probably gonna you're probably gonna burn out anyway, like super fast because because that other thing is like you know you're you're, you're that's not gonna that's not gonna be fulfilling and it's probably not even possible. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know if that makes sense. Well, and and um, the uh, paying attention to the ordinariness of the of the calling and and sitting down and tending to your business, that's actually the only uh, That's the only route to the magical part. You can't mm. skip to the magical part. You can't say, I think I'll just do the, I'll do the wizardy parts of this, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Uh, it just doesn't work. Um, Which is why you get where you get the name of your podcast, right? I mean, yeah, that's and that's like that's such a gift to people too, and that's part of what saying talking about that to to young writers or mm-hmm. um, trying to think about that myself is it's it is a gift to know well what you're signing up for if you want to be a writer is just like a bunch of it's it's a lot of hard work, yeah, and, and it's not particularly glamorous. It's not it's a it's a it's it's challenging, and you and you I think you love it, and there are times of loving it. Mm-hmm. a lot uh, but there are times where it's just kind of showing up like like a you know we have these sort of special terms and i've heard seth godin talk about this some uh and mm-hmm. others maybe too but uh, you know we have this special term for us because we're such a sweet little sensitive kind of group we have writer's block and mm-hmm. i and i don't want to make like but people don't get um you know they don't get teacher's block and they yeah. don't you don't get you don't get all those other kind of blocks you don't get uh, stump grinder block you know you just have to go do it and yeah. and i think and and I think so. We 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 value authenticity and we value all these things, but but we don't always, you know, most prof, most professions, most vocations, you kind of want somebody that that shows up and is has some predictability. And I know there are some some ways in which uh, uh, sort of a so-called creative um, vocation ha- has some differences, and I, yeah. I will acknowledge that. But mm-hmm. I do think, like you're saying, it's to, to demystify it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you don't write, you, there's nothing there. And, and if and, and again, if it's all about you, then you do want it just to kind of come out magically, like like you're a genius, and it just flows out in these brilliant two weeks of or two days of kind of brilliant. But really, it's hard, and you just and you show up, and you and those are the people who produce, people that like work hard, and they actually make you know they they make things happen, and, and it's kind of lying to the to the young creative people to just say like oh it's going to be so it's going to yeah. be so easy and so it's yeah. not very generous well the i i do I, I do think the best parts 
the the best work you know that that writers do is um, it's kind of like you don't have control over that that magic that best, but which is all the more reason to 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 tend to what you do have control over, you know the habit, and um, so yeah. yeah. Well, that's and that's another way. It's like sports, or like a lot of other right. vocations. You just think about like Michael Jordan. Like you see him, or I don't know who's famous now, but you see somebody who's just gliding through the air and making the winning shot or whatever. And you just you don't you didn't get to see the eight million hours of jump shots and uh-huh. and the gym and the showing up every day and traveling all the time. You don't see that. We just see the moments of, of glory, and that's yeah. And, uh, but there's so much work behind it. So many thousands of hours behind it. And, and I think we should embrace that and like say and let people know that's what it's like. That's mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. Um, you've already been you've we've sort of been talking around this idea, but maybe I'd like to speak to it a little more directly. And that is the idea of identity and writing, mm-hmm. um, the ways that um, that we find our identity in writing, and the ways that we can't possibly find our identity mm. in writing. Yeah, I, I think that's a lot about what we're talking about. It feels yeah. like right around the subject of, of um, if if it's crucial to my identity to be worshipped and loved, <laughs> uh, you know, then that's – and I think that's in all of us. We all kind of want that. We crave that. We crave sure. attention, and, and, um, and I don't think that's going to – that doesn't go away because you're uh, – even if you're, if you're successful or not, I don't think that mm-hmm. necessarily goes away. But I think you, you, if you do have a little bit of um, positive sort of feedback, I think you start to realize like how um, insufficient, yeah, <laughs> uh, the sort of the praise of, of man is. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, so yeah, I think it's really important to kind of think about. So uh, so again, if, if if yeah, if you're talking about storytelling, particularly, which is w- w- one of the writing kind of writing that I do mostly. Um, it's it is uh, I, I feel like my, my identity I feel like I have to know who I am and I have to know that sort of I'm a I am a lovingly created uh, loving creator and that I am a um, and I'm a servant and that my heart for my readers that that that, that, that it has to start with love and so I think, I, I, as far as related to that vocation, that, that I have to, th- I have to think about myself as a servant instead of a celebrity, and um, and, and that doesn't mean, you know, that doesn't mean you can't. I think actually, well, I'll tell, I'll tell can I tell a little story about my, my myself? Please my, um, do. Childhood. So before I got on the habit, uh, <laughs> back, back when I was, so when I was sixteen, I lived in. I lived in South Africa. I was a um, missionary kid, and and uh, my parents. I loved music, and I, I really loved like uh, singer songwriter kind of people. And I, I was, mm-hmm. and I, my parents got me a guitar, and I was my first, All I wanted to do was write. I always wanted to write. I think that was that was even when I was young. I always wanted to. I didn't want to. I always wanted to make up my own sort of games. And uh, uh, really? when there were when there were Legos, I didn't ever build the things that you were supposed to build. I always wanted to build my own things. <laughs> You know, and I yeah. always wanted to make make my own deal. Like when we we all made paper airplanes, like I made my own sort of like attack squadron with these colors, and and I would sort of divide. I was always kind of doing world building, even though as a child I didn't really read very much. But mm. I think I was always sort of haunted by this vocation of storytelling. And 
so I always that, that was always a part of it and I always wanted to write I always wanted to sh- share things so so when it, when I was really into music as a teenager I bought you know my parents bought me this guitar it was a horrible guitar mm-hmm. it was called a, a teasy uh, guitar I don't know if you've heard of it <laughs> never heard of, of a teasy guitar <laughs> yeah well, sounds made up <laughs> I've never seen another one so um, <laughs> there, there might be something in the name there but uh, it it so I got this guitar and I was writing some really horrible songs. Um, and I would, my, sometimes I would, you know, I would sing them for my parents or something or somebody in the family. And then we'd have like guests over and my mom would be like, why don't you, uh, mom would be, why don't you, why don't you sing one of your songs? You know, she's trying to brag on me or whatever. Um, and so I would get, oh, okay, I don't you know. I'd be like, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to, Oh, come on, come on. You know, that kind of a thing. And, and I, I really, part of me really wanted to, but so I would get out there with a the guitar and, and I would sort of strum along and be playing my songs and singing really softly, you know, <laughs> and, and people are kind of craning their necks, like turning their ears, cupping yeah. their ears, like, <laughs> what's, what's happening here? Like, I don't, I can't, and, you know, it'd be over and they'd be like, I think that was good. I couldn't hear you very well. <laughs> um, and I, what, the story I told myself the whole time was that I'm, um, I, w- I said about myself to myself. I said, self, uh, you are shy and humble. Uh-huh. And uh, that was sort of what I thought. I thought, I'm just kind of a shy guy, and I'm yeah. kind of humble, and I don't really want to toot my own horn. But what I've found as I've, I don't know when, discovered this, maybe quite a bit later, just looking back, is that I wasn't shy and humble. I was proud and afraid. Uh-huh. And um, I think that so much about what we think of as humility which would be like not naming or not being, not saying, no, I did write something and here it is. Uh-huh. And I want to share it with you. I want to give it to you because I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have thought of that as being like proud. And whereas now I think that's actually, it takes um, almost more humility to do that. It takes bravery. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it takes a kind of like um, saying no to sort of the, this incessant fear in me. So anyway, mm-hmm. I just want to say, I, I would just say that just being reluctant is not necessarily a sign of humility yeah. and, um, and, and being, uh, sometimes. And so for me, uh, uh, service and loving, especially kids when you're writing for kids, which you know, this, that is like a, that feels really, um, that feels like a good reason to be brave. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I don't know, I don't know how exactly to do that. So for me, my own story was, was, um, with my, the story, the books that I've written have been as a, like a direct result of stories I told my kids, and some of them have been really tied up with that. Mm-hmm. But th- it's those kids, and it's like it's loving them and sort of praying for them and caring about them and thinking like, what do they, you know, not not just like what do they need, as in like I'm going to give them exactly what they want, but like but loving them and loving them through it and starting. To, that's been a that's been a more of a um, I don't know. I've got, I feel like I find my identity in this vocation in that. And that's probably not the way you're wanting to go. You're probably wanting to go deeper than, than this. But just uh, as a writer, yeah. I want to no, I want to love those people, yeah. and so that that requires a kind of boldness, uh-huh. a kind of bravery, and a kind mm-hmm. of uh, um, not getting over myself, and, yeah. and uh, not just go just not just going not giving into sort of my introversion and that kind of thing. But yeah, but like stepping up and showing it, and understanding that you have something to give that nobody else can give which is there's nothing arrogant about that it's just it's just acknowledging a fact yeah um that i'm not that's not to say you know 
I've got something to give that's better than anything anybody else can give. It's just that I've got something that's different. And that I think mine is better. Probably. Okay. I think All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm fully convinced that's, that's not the case. But yeah, you're exactly, I feel that way. I do feel that way. And part of thinking about that, love and thinking about that a lot lately, just in light of sort of the masters like Tolkien and others, like it can be so intimidating. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm just, I am more and more coming around to the belief that, you know, that J.R.R. Tolkien can't write like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor guy, and uh, <laughs> that, and, and that's and that's okay. And your stump grinder friend—I don't know if he's the best stump grinder in the world or not—but he is has something to bring to the people of his community, right? Yeah, all the time. It, yeah, it doesn't matter if he's the best stump grinder in the world or not. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't even know how you would figure out um, who the best. Uh, I know we want to do that, and it's funny. I was. <laughs> We we want to like um, like I've, uh, I make a joke about that I'm an award losing author um, <laughs> because uh, I've literally lost every every literary award that's ever been given out I, yeah. I haven't won yeah. so I'm, I'm a fully fully a big loser on that but it is funny how we want to we kind of want to figure that out I get that I get that there's that we, we we're kind of committed to these hierarchies and it feels like actors are the worst at it they're just like they're dying to give each other awards like every other week but I feel <laughs> it, it, it does feel like there's a there's something something about that that's in us but I don't know how I don't know how we would even yeah comparison is not yeah well uh, and, not, and, not and I, I think the the category that I find really helpful um and I think I, I think I got this from the war of art I don't know where yeah, maybe Stephen Fresco got it from somebody else, but to stop thinking in terms of hierarchy and to start thinking in terms of territory, that you've got a little oh. patch of ground that's yours to tend, that nobody else can tend. It's just yours, and it doesn't, you know, whether the person at, at the patch of ground that's adjacent to yours is better or worse doesn't really matter too much one way or another. You've got your patch of ground, and you do what you can with it. Oh, that is good. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start listening to the habit now. I've yeah, you really should. You, Got me. This is the first so far. This is the first one I've, I've listened to. I mean, I'm listening to it right now. As <laughs> yeah, a, right. Yeah. As we say it, but no, I'm just kidding. That, that's wonderful. I love that. That's that, that's. I'm taking that. I'm taking that with me. Good. I'm glad I could help. Um, okay, you are, we are, are we done here? Or no, we done here? Not, not yet. Oh, I've got at least two questions to go. Uh, <laughs> you are coming to the end of a series of books. Um, I, I assume at this point. Uh, as of the recording of this conversation, you're done writing um, Ember's End. Is that true? Are you done writing? That is true. You know, it's still being edited, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, people will be shocked to hear that uh, there's editing that does go on, but uh, <laughs> that does happen. And, uh, yeah, that, it's, uh, it's, it's mostly in the bag. Tell me about that. So how many, how, how many years ago did you write um, The Green Ember? The Green Ember came out in 2015, the beginning of 2015. Okay. So that's it's not been that long ago mm-hmm. in in um, uh, dog years. In dog years, but yeah. uh, uh, don't dogs live basically the same amount of years that we do? Is that I don't yeah <laughs> don't really understand that, but um, I feel like I heard somebody say that. I don't know who it was, maybe a comedian, but um, yeah, in rabbit years, it was only fi- uh, five years ago or so mm-hmm. and uh yeah i don't know when i wrote it like probably the year or year and a half before that i think that's okay so. that's not terribly interesting but the the the, the question i can is, get the dates jr <laughs> if that's what it's about i mean i'll put it in the show notes if you insist <laughs> uh, 
the the question is, um, how, how are you feeling about coming to the end of this thing that's been a pretty pretty important part of your life for four or five years, five years? Yeah, and actually, if you go back to probably the ten years before that, it was an important part of my life because that's where it started. About uh, I already gave you yards. the opportunity to tell us when you started writing this, and you said five years ago. Okay, well, so it'd be if you'll let me finish. I mean, that gone. Uh, this is a hard-hitting journalism. It I didn't is. It is. We're, we're coming journalism. <laughs> Just a second. Didn't you say a second ago that you? Because uh, people expect, did want to pin me down. Expect to be hearing from the impeachment committee any day now. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Um, so, the story really started before that with the stories I told my kids. I told my daughter a story, you know, 80 yards from where we are on a porch. Um, it was where the stories began. So, it's been a really important part of our, our family life for, mm-hmm. for a long time. And, and sort of the, just the sharing it with the world part has been the last five years. But, uh-huh. but before that, it was our, it was our, our stuff, our stories. Um, uh, you know, we saw rabbits hopping around the yard and I told her, I started telling her a story about uh-huh. it. She was just a little toddler, you know, now she's driving, she's 16. So it's been a, it's been a, so it has been a really important part of our life. Um, I, I think, uh, going back to sports for a second, like I, I love soccer and I love watching. It's funny because creative people, nerds that listen to this, probably don't care about sports. And I keep like trying to, bring sports into this so badly and they're like more and more people are tuning out it's like they're dropping by the hundreds Mm -hmm. um but one of my favorite my favorite um soccer team is called the liverpool football club and and their their manager he they talked about like what did you feel when your team wins scores a goal in an important game and and you know he's like i I think people are expecting to hear euphoria but mostly relief Mm -hmm. is what i feel yeah and i feel a little bit I feel a lot of that. Um, I do feel g- gladness, but you can probably relate to this. There's not, it's not ever done as far as like, there's no, um, I will be glad to like see the book and it's done, but it's almost like, because I'm, uh, I'm more than just, you know, a, a brilliant author who sits off and writes these things and everybody else does everything. Like now I have like a small business that I'm running all the time. Like me, my brother and I work together and we kind of, and we kind of do everything mm-hmm. uh, along with our brother-in-law. And so it's like a small little, so we're like always going, there's not, mm-hmm. it's like one thing stops and another thing gets. So I almost feel like I'm in the middle again, going back to sports. So I feel like I'm in the middle of the game. Like, yeah, we, we, we scored, but now we have to get back on defense and like we, there's, you can't stop. Like, so part of me is like, I can't stop. Um, going and that's probably good because I'm not sitting around you know indulging and in, you know smoking my pipe and thinking about oh my goodness what about this maybe at some point I'll be able to do that but I do feel relief because I, I was I always I, I wanted to finish this series mm-hmm. and I and I, I think a lot of people there you know, the reactions have been mixed but it feels like a lot of my audience is like happy that there's a new book but like sad that it's the end yeah and I. I kind of get that, but I also, I just, I really, I love the idea of trying to end something well mm-hmm. a whole lot. Like I, I, there's so many either shows or movie series or book series that I'm just like, man, uh, maybe when I was younger, I felt differently, which maybe explain my audience. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, this, I wish this would just go on forever. Mm-hmm. Especially as I get older, I have more, less tolerance for for people stretching things out beyond oh, their gosh. own you know what that's like so i wanted to do that so bad i wanted to just re- i wanted to finish i wanted people to f- be happy and mm-hmm. feel like oh that was the end and that mm-hmm. was an end that was a real end and and uh, i can remember being really frustrated at that show lost 
Uh, I, I didn't watch that, that show, show, but everybody I know who watched it was really frustrated. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a genuinely terrible ending, and it was a and it was a good show. I thought in a lot of ways, but I, I remember just I'm just frustrated by that kind of thing, and I just want I want to get and I I actually you know I had this idea of like I wanted to do that, I wanted to live long enough to write to write it. You know, I didn't yeah. want something to happen to like lose my powers or whatever. Like, <laughs> my family will be fine, you know, they'll yeah. be okay without me. But but if I can't finish <laughs> this book. Yeah. But I actually almost feel like you know I have that the, the, because there's a beginning, middle, sort of an end to that series that, that I have something to to kind of leave. Yeah. Uh, no matter what else I do, uh-huh. um, I hope yeah, hopefully people will receive it um, well and they'll they'll enjoy it. And if that's the case, then I'll feel yeah well, I, yeah, I feel happy that so I feel relief that I got to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's like a that's a big emotion. Um, that, that's pretty much all I can feel. Yeah. Do you have any sense of what you're going to write after the Green Ember series is over? Yeah, I do. I have a bunch of ideas. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, um, there there are more books to be written in in that uh, world. In that I've got world. Yeah. Some, yeah. There's there's a there's a lot of opportunity to go back mm-hmm. and to the side. I've, mm-hmm. I've started. A, I've got a couple of one side story series started out with the last archer mm-hmm. followed a sort right. of a side, <clears throat> followed a side character that happened at the same time as the green ember and then then i just written a sequel to that and yeah. and i think there'll be at least one more of those is my hope and it'll be kind of like a little trilogy and then i've got the same thing with um with these tales of old natalia there it's like uh, a century or so before the, uh-huh. the events of the green ember and i've got two of those written and so i'll probably write gotcha. another one of those and, okay so you so stay in I've that world that. Okay. Well, that's uh, at some point. Yeah, I don't know when. But then I've mm-hmm. got a bunch of other ideas. Actually, I have a. I want to write a book. Um, I am writing a book. I should say, here and there, as I can uh, about um, about some of the stuff we're talking about. Actually, a, bo- a book called Make Believe, um, which mm-hmm. is about uh, making and uh, you know, like sort of um, believe is kind of the identity mm-hmm. stuff, and then uh, the make is sort of some practical things. So there's like the ten thousand foot view and then there's like the down on the ground view and i'm yep. kind of back and forth so i've got I've got some stuff about that i don't know when, when i'm working on that I, uh-huh. uh, that might that might be out there at some point too. that's great you should also write a book of sports analogies mm, mm, yes yeah. we'll do that all right last question sam wow uh, it's, it is it has flown by i know I, I get this a lot uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh who are the writers who make you want to write um. So, the writers who make me want to write—I I don't want to answer that question. I want to answer a better question. Like, <laughs> let's just, for instance, say we had a better host, and, okay, uh, yeah, better podcast. So now, the the people who blow me away are people that make me not want to write. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you ever have that? You ever have that feeling? Like, after I read Paradise Lost, I was just like, "Why did anyone ever write anything yeah, after right. this?" Yeah, I don't. Do you do do you love Paradise Lost? Oh, I love Paradise Lost. Oh, I got a PhD man. in Milton. I know, I know, and that's I, I, actually while we were talking, I was thinking like, man, you are the perfect person to think about. Sort of, I don't know, you know, you, you, about the sort of modesty of uh, storytelling, because you have this like great learning of sort of the history of English literature, and then you bet you write like uh, you know, <laughs> swamp swamp adventures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I and I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that personally a lot because feels very generous um i just like swamp stories <laughs> but uh 
so so that those the people who blow me away like and I guess it's kind of it is the same thing but but I do have that question after I read like um I love a tale of two cities mm-hmm. uh, an awful lot mm-hmm. so Dickens I love the the Count of Monte Cristo is one of my favorite stories so yeah. Dumas or um, that other guy who they say may have written that or helped him with that I don't know that little story um yeah it's a rumor it's a rumor going around okay um. But uh, that Alan Patton, Cry oh, the Beloved Country. Man, what a book! Yeah, and of course, I've lived really close to where that book is set uh-huh. um, in Africa. But, but is Indochini is that a real place? Like, did, did he make up town names or village names? So it's in KwaZulu Natal. It's in this sort of region. I don't know if uh-huh. that's a, an actual place, but uh-huh. I mean, I can see it because uh-huh. I've seen places like it and close to it. Yeah, um, that, that's my understanding. I don't know for sure. I'd be good. We can yeah. find out, but those those books are books that 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 made me like that, that kind of arrested me, have arrested me, and some of yeah. them are more grand and actually massive and elegant. But but those those books in particular, I'm thinking of are times when I read, and then when I was done, I thought I did think like, what's the point of mm-hmm. writing anything? Because why mm-hmm. would you? You don't. We don't need anything else. I really felt. I remember feeling that really strongly after Paradise Lost. Like, wow, people dared. To try to write after yeah. this, so that just kind of blew me away, and, and and I guess in the end, you know, realizing what we talked about earlier that that I don't, yeah. I don't need to be, uh, thank goodness, I don't need to be Milton, you know, yeah, right, Tol- Tolkien or Patton. I can, I can be Sam Smith, and that's um, that's what my little uh, plot of the earth. That's what, yeah, uh, that's what my territory needs. I guess, yeah, that's right. It's true. All right, man. I really appreciate you. Uh, we we recorded a a podcast episode for my little homegrown podcast a year or so ago, and it was not uh, salvageable. The audio wasn't salvageable. So I really appreciate you doing this again. That's one, that's my pleasure. I look forward to our third try when <laughs> when uh, whatever you find out is wrong with this one. No, uh, I've got I've got trained professionals on the case now. I've got Drew Miller oh, wow. and uh, people like well Drew Miller. There's nobody else <laughs> like Drew Miller, so it's just Drew. Well, you'd impress me if you said Steve Miller, but I mean... (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Sam. My pleasure. It was an honor to be here. I wish I would have heard more from you. um, Well, start a podcast and ask me to be a guest. Okay. All right. 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 Getting off the habit now. (laughs) (laughs) Kicking the habit. Yep. The Rabbit Room has partnered with Lipscomb University to make this podcast possible. Lipscomb has graciously given us access to their recording studio and the Center for Entertainment and Arts building. We're so grateful for their sponsorship, their encouragement, and the good work they do in Nashville. Special shout out as well to the Arcadian Wild for allowing us to use their delightful song, Finch in the Pantry, as part of this podcast. Check out their album of the same name for more excellent music. The Habit Membership is a library of resources for writers by me, Jonathan Rogers. More importantly, The Habit is a hub of community where like-minded writers gather to discuss their work and give each other a little more courage. Find out more at thehabit.co. This podcast was produced by The Rabbit Room, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to fostering Christ-centered community and spiritual formation through music, story, and art. All our podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our members. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com. And to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate.